0: Come on,
2: come on, breath, on, say, this is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast and it's brought to you by anything is possible AIP.media and I'm Billy Grant and I'm sitting here in the virtual joint with a bit of Christmas cheer the weekend has gone the weekend, is, well, the weekend has come and the weekend is gone. It was a very good weekend for the bees because we actually we got points. We got three points in the bag. Watford came down to New Griffin Park on Friday night. We beat them 2-1 with a last minute winner. You can't beat a last minute winner. And then we celebrated for the whole of the weekend and I chilled and I relaxed and I just hung out. And now the weekend's over and we've got another match on the horizon. We've got Manchester United coming to the fore. And I thought I'd sit here and I'll just shoot the breeze with my man Laney.
3: Laney, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, Bill. Yeah, as you said, perfect start to the weekend. Friday night under the new Griffin Park lights. It it sets it up deliciously, doesn't it? You you, you know, everything's still ahead of you and your team's already won. So, yeah, all good. It was a good weekend. Busy one. um, But thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable and looking forward to uh, Man United coming down if they can uh, raise a team.
2: Yeah, I mean, talk about Roy, uh, you know, Lloyd Owusu. Happy birthday to Lloyd Owusu a couple of days ago. Talk about him raising the roof, but we're talking about Manchester United raising a team. And uh, I mean, just going back to Watford, a Friday night, you know, under the lights. And we talk about you know, Friday nights or night games under the lights, which we actually don't play that many games under the lights anymore Laney I mean most of our games now are cup games under the lights unlike you know the championship and division one and division two I mean I was watching again last week it was freezing cold and I was sitting there with my feet up watching the TV and on Sky Sports News you've got all these Division One and Division Two games coming. Up, I was thinking, Cool. I mean, that was that was us for years on end. Like you know, and literally, it looks like week in and week out, every week. Like those lower divisions are playing a game on a Tuesday night, and and we don't do it. And some people might say that they miss it. I personally don't miss it week in and week out. But every now and again, when you do a night game like the Friday night, it's good. And that Friday night game, it's up there, isn't it, lady?
3: Oh, they're brilliant. Yeah, and that's. I mean, people. Complain rightly so in a lot of cases that the TV scheduling and the fixture swaps um, it, it ruins things for uh, you know travelling fans um, and home fans as well that have made prior arrangements. But it does give us those kind of Friday nights, Saturday nights, the Sunday ones. They can they can do one fewer fewer of those as possible. But yeah, we are gonna we are gonna see our games move for TV, and um, if it gives us more Friday nighters then 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 bring them on because yeah they they they're very good you know just gives us a couple of couple of drinks after after work for a lot of people and you know you can you can get uh, relaxed and ready for the match i mean we've
2: had two and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we've had two league games under the lights. I mean, we, we've had a few cup games as well, but they're different because again, and this is all due respect to the teams you're playing. You know, we, I think we had Rochdale and we had Forest Green under the lights, and it was very different setup there because obviously Oldham, Oldham, and Oldham. It, was, it wasn't Rochdale; yeah, it was Oldham. You know, um, it's Oldham. That's right, Oldham and and Forest Green. And those, you know, those games were different because we had you know a different setup. We had different people in your seats. You know, people that don't normally go to matches are in there, so it was a different type of atmosphere from the league games. But the two games under the lights, the Arsenal game and also the uh, the Watford game. I mean, there was a bit of a flat atmosphere at times, but you know, the back end just shows to, shows you exactly what can happen though, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah, well, you know, we had we had Chelsea and Liverpool as well, which were Saturday nighters, so, you know, they they were later on. Um uh, yeah, it's it's they've they, they, but you know, Brentford matches under the lights have always been good, and that's that's the you know the the, the, the really sort of satisfying thing is that that's not changed. You know, it's actually probably got better with the PA and with the sound system, um, with a bit more choreographed um, sort of music, um, and with people just being up for it. Did you like the light show? I love it, mate. Yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not poo pooing that. It's, there seems to be some a company that are doing the rounds. There's a lot of lot of clubs that are, are, are doing that, but I, I'd have that all day long. Rather than clappers, you know, to to put on a you know a light show using you know lights that are already there is fine. Um, the minute you start putting in sort of Disco balls and, and, and that kind of nonsense, then it's probably going a little bit over the top. But you know, putting a software program in that sequences the, the lighting system that's there is, is intelligent use of you know the you know the, the, the system you've got the setup you've got. So yeah, um, the music I, I have to say you know the music that we're playing at Griffin Park at the moment is right up my street. New Griffin Park. Um, so yeah it's all it's all combining to, to to generate a little bit extra in the atmosphere and uh you know we have to play our part in singing um and we, but we're doing that you know when the team give us something to, to to crank up the volume we've been doing that so yeah all good mate Yeah,
2: and I mean, and and, and again, we're talking about the light show, we're talking about the music. I mean, the the light show kind of started off the old, uh, you know, (laughs) was it Wiese's on Fire or Brentford's on Fire or whatever else it may be, you know what I'm saying? So that kind of sort of started that all off and it all then it all kicked off after that. And then you had the old Carragher and and Neville actually even leading the dancing on that as well. I mean, that's of kind of, it's interesting because that's actually sent us worldwide because those, you know, they're big on social media and they actually sort of sent their own videos out. And that actually kind of went world riding. It almost like put Brentford on a map, on a different uh, perspective. And it's, uh, I don't know, it's just it just goes to show you. I mean, we didn't realise this, you know. It is a different world. I mean, we are definitely playing in a different ballpark now. And just things like that, where, you know, Brentford. You know we know it's 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 our club and it's a different club you know and we kind of do things differently on and off the pitch you know we we, you know we're not like I said when we are saying this we're not making any excuses we're not used to the success so we just enjoy ourselves in other ways we've done that for years and now that's come to the Premier League kind of people have seen exactly what we're like and I suppose just you know seeing those images go back and those video images and those TV images go all around the world um that's quite that's quite amazing isn't it
3: yeah, and the track, you know, the gala "Free from Desires" is, is, you know, it's, it's a, it's a bit of a classic, and uh, to see that resurrected, I know it's, I know it's kind of an England thing, but um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's just good. It's just, I mean, I, I wouldn't tire. I wanted, I wanted that to carry on because watching all four stands. Just jumping up and down and going bonkers was 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 excellent. You know, it was a it was a night that I I won't forget. And you know, the game itself wasn't wasn't brilliant, but the last ten minutes put put it right up there. You know, it's uh, it's you know we we talked about making new memories in a new stadium, and and, and Friday night was all about doing that. So yeah, more of that, please.
2: As like I said to you, Kerrigan and never were jumping as well.
3: And like I said to you, Reese
2: is on fire. The Gala. Track as well, which has uh, become one of the Brentford playlists. And like I said to you, I was uh, fortunate to have enough to have meet uh, Carragher and Neville before the game. I did an interview for Friday Night Football, which went out live on Sky about oh, well done, about 40 minutes before the start. So if you recorded that and you want to check it out, you should do that. But you know, we talked a bit about talked a little bit about Fulham, only a little bit. I talked a little bit about QPR because obviously they're not getting the profile, <laughs> you know, as as much because they're down in the sort of in, in, the, in the in the in the in the Championship as such. And also we just talked a little bit about. Brentford and you know where we are where we are, why we are, where we are now as well. So, like, you know, it was a heartfelt interview and they were, well, they seemed very interested as well and they seemed very excited about Brentford at the final whistle as well. And like I said to you, Neville or Carragher said, like, they love coming here because of the atmosphere and the way the fans get behind it. And, you know, it's a smaller club, but they just like our vibe. So I think, you know, job done as far as we we're concerned. Um, what, other, what other things are we going on? Tell you something, there's been a, there's been a little interview that's been flying around. There's a, a website and a YouTube channel called The Coach's Voice and they've got hold of Thomas Frank, and they did a uh, did an interview with him a few weeks ago, which you may may not have checked out, but I checked it out. It's quite good when he talked about. His well, um, his coaching tactics for the Arsenal game and how we took them apart, which is really interesting. should so check that out. But they've now put up an interview about Thomas Frank and basically, you know, how he came to Brentford, you know, how he was unsure about coming to Brentford when he was asked, you know, and his wife raised her eyebrows and, uh, and other things. So I'd definitely say you can check that article out on the coach's voice. You'll see it online. Just Google it, coach's voice and everything else. You, you, I don't know if you had a chance to read that as yet, Laney, have you? No
3: I haven't I will we'll be checking it out The other thing we have to mention that um, the news from Friday was that Rasmus Ankerson's going to leave the club at the end of this year which um you know we couldn't let that pass without uh, just acknowledging that everything that Rasmus has achieved um you know it'd be a bit petty for for us to raise the fact that there was significant uh, resentment that when he arrives but we'll mention it anyway because it's a fact um but what is what he's proved um since he's been joint you know, director of football with with, um, with Phil is that, that his his knowledge, his friendship and his in his ability to kind of help Brentford push the the envelope and find incredible players um, and help with our ability to compete at the top top, top table, it, we, we couldn't have done it without him. And, you know, I, I said on the tweet, all good things come to an end, and this is one of those moments that something really good is is, is, is ending. And we just wish him well um, from, for what he's going to do in the future. And I'm sure he'll stay close to, to Brentford because we all know once once Brentford's in your heart, it's, uh, it, 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 it never leaves. So uh, he's always welcome to... Um, and he's uh he's been a good friend to us. So uh yeah, good luck. Good luck Raz. Yeah, good luck Raz was again a friend of Besotted as uh, as we do, like I said to you, you know, we're
2: lucky enough to be a you know a small enough club. And again, I talked about this on the Garriga and uh, and the Neville piece on Sky. When I said to him that directors of football came down the pub and they chatted about Brentford, you know, and they did it on our podcast as well. You know, you could check it out pride of west London. It's really, really interesting, you know, to have your directors of football down the pub with you, drinking and having sort of 60, 70 fans in front of them, telling them everything. And the fact is that, you know, to be honest, if you I called them what three days earlier and I said, look, you fancy coming down the pub? And they said, Yeah, all right then, and both of them came down there and rasmus was you know perfectly gentlemanly enough to come down have a laugh with us, sit down, talk for three hours, chat to fans afterwards, he really enjoyed it, you know, I talked to him a lot, you know, after the games, during the game, he came on and did that thing for me with the Euros, where we both went head to head when England were playing Denmark, and you know, I did the interview for Sky, and he did the interview for Sky, and he was there sitting, wearing his uh, his Norwegian kind of horns on his head, you know, before the match, and we had to do the match afterwards, and uh, the interview afterwards, the game as well, and obviously we'd beaten them, and he didn't have any horns on his head after that, because they had lost, but you know, listen, you know, To be able to do things like that, it just goes to show you that you've got humility. And uh, he's, you know, he's helped to sort us right out, sort out the direction. You know, he's very good at the media, so tells people exactly what we're about. And like I said to you, um, when he first came on board in 2014, the media hated us, and everybody hated us, and they were slagging us off for what we were doing. Didn't understand us, but they didn't take any time out to try and understand us. Slagged us off badly. So we were sort of sitting in a corner trying to defend this. And I remember speaking to Matthew Bennett at the time. He says, don't worry, they'll turn it around. It'll turn around. Just give it time. We won't even bother. Just let them say what they're going to say. And, you know, six, seven years later now, it has turned itself around where people, are, as they call it, fawning above, uh, over us. So much so that other teams are, or other fans of other teams, and other teams are getting really fed up of people actually kind of like, you know, giving us props. But that's just the way it goes. But Rasmus has been very much part of that messaged him the other day and I said to him the first question I've got to ask you mate uh, as long as you're not going to Fulham or QPR are you you know so I put the question mark out and he's just now come back so listen you're in good hands Phil is there so Phil Giles obviously is our other 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 buddy in the older. uh, director of football zone so Phil's still there and we, you know he chat to us and obviously he's scrambling around trying to bring in players for us for the new year there is a player that we are looking at which we're not going to talk about much more we a uh, little information out there but we are a player that we've talked about the last few podcasts it looks like we're trying to reel him in but like I said to you we're not going to talk about that too much more because we'd rather talk about it if the man is actually in the camp which he's not at the moment now but yeah we've we talked about that for a while but anyway Rasmus good luck to you and uh, no doubt we'll see you very, very soon. Um, what else is going on? Oh, there's nothing else going on. I tell you what, what we're going to do, um, we're going to go off, and it's too early to go and get a beer. So I'm going to pop off, get a cup of tea, and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to recall what happened in that Watford game. Friday night under the lights Watford came down to new Griffin Park Watford uh, new manager or relatively new manager he's played quite a few games actually around Neary and his record actually hasn't been that great but the matches that he's won I mean he beat Man United was it 4-1 or something like that you know they've, they've had a couple of results which have been like whoa so you've obviously got to watch out for them they've got a strike force which when they're on fire they can score goals but you know we had Will, the spreadsheet winker, will all soup before the game, and he said to us defensively, they can be got at. So if we're organized and we're doing our business and we take the chances when we create, we should be able to have them. But anyway, look, we can talk about the game, but first of all, I think let's go back to the fans after the game, in the pub and in the stands. Let's hear what the Brentford fans and the Watford fans had to say after the game. Hey, what a penalty! Respect to the guy. Pressure, never in doubt. Tucked away. What a what a win. What a win. And deserved. I think, although we left it really late, I thought we had a better team all the game. Um, but didn't really expect. Thought we might get a draw. Two-one. What a result. We we escaped
4: with a win. Keyword there: escape. Escaped. Escape with a win. Okay. First half, not not
2: not good. Second half, much better performance. Thomas not afraid to mix it. So joyful to be here. Sets us up for the weekend. What, a, what, what is better than
3: three points on a Friday night? We, we had a real go at them in the last 20 minutes, last 30 minutes, and the goals were coming. A fair play to players like Jan Helt. Jan playing left centre half, and he kept pushing. The Norgaard started pushing, and they did not like the pressure. And the ultimate result was the Bees got a beautiful three points. To do it in the
2: last minute was, uh, was gorgeous. And when you look at the game overall, uh, we didn't give them many chances. I know we didn't look great in the first half, but we really kept them down to very few chances. And, uh, and you know, we, we took out. We really built. You know, middle of the second half, we started building and building, and they couldn't cope with us. And uh, yeah, we came out winners. And goodbye, Watford Bankers. Uh,
0: Janel yeah,
2: Janelle I thought was outstanding. And Waymo, I have to say, I was worried when he stood up to take the penalty. I thought, my God, Pontus's
4: goal. Uh, what a match for Pontus to score his uh, maiden goal, and uh, he must have been gutted when Peter Gillam announced that it was Charlie Good who'd scored.
5: What a turnaround! What a Friday night! Oh, we love the Friday nights under the lights, don't we, down here? Arsenal now Watford. I mean, it was a shame we went one goal down because you know I thought we were actually playing quite well up till then, and I thought we were actually going to
2: rip them uh, to pieces. But they scored their only early goal, earlyish goal. Bit of a disappointing one. Another set piece. Another cross that we haven't defended there's been a few of those recently but anyway
5: first half thought we were a better team second half you actually battered us um, to be fair you know second half you were better than us and once you got one goal there was only one winner so we got to learn from that you're on 20 points where we'd love to be so halfway through the season you're where you
1: need to be fair play to you hopefully we both stay up we go 1-0 up we're not playing very well we should hold our position do our job get the job done and we didn't do the job defended poorly once you scored the goal, there was only one winner and we just capitulated in the last few
0: minutes. Need to learn. We're going to go down and we play like that, to be honest. It's the best season to just be a Brentford fan because we're giving 100%. Even if we lose games, we're going home saying we at least gave, gave it everything. And that's all you want as a fan, isn't it, at the end of the day?
2: So there you go, the Bees fans and the Watford fans. After the game, Watford fans were pretty blunt, it has to be said. And they just said, you know, they're not very happy at all with what's going on there uh, the Beast fans were happy even though we we do register the game itself had a bit of a in the middle but I think we we did what we had to do and you have to to bear in mind that our team is not what it was on that first game when we played Arsenal and you know to get any result out of at the moment from any game at the moment now I think is good I keep talking about us having our finger in the dam for the next month while our players come back and also you know we go sign new players I think we got our finger in the dam just to try and get as many points as possible so I was very happy but Lainey I know that you didn't do the weekend review check out the weekend review pride of London. it was myself it was Gemma the amazing gem as well and it was also Lewis Holmes the bee was on there like you know Lewis Holmes the newbie on there so like I said to you, anyone who wants to come on our podcast you're very welcome to do it so Lewis came on did his first besotted podcast enjoyed it and he did very well so check that out where we talked about the Watford game um, and also we had Mike from the Rookery End podcast talking about the Watford perspective and he was not happy at all you should check that out but anyway I didn't get the main takeaway from my man Laney so Laney tell me what was your main takeaway from that Watford game
3: well, my main takeaway is the fact that this team never ever give up. Um, there's, they they never they never accept defeat. I don't think. Um, and the other, you know, part of that is the fact that we've we've just carried on, um, <clears throat> and not not really complained too much about the crippling injury um, situation. We've we've missed big big players. You know, IR. Uh, Tony, you know, Tony, with COVID now, and we've we've just carried on. You know, we've had injuries, and then we've got illness. We've got you know you know positive, negative tests, um, and we we've we've just fulfilled our fixtures. We've we've got our heads down, and we've and we've done everything that's been expected of us, uh, and we we picked up some really really critical points. You know. Two two wins and a draw, and the, the, there's the defeat at Tottenham, which you know can't be forgotten about. But you know, in the bigger picture, uh, that's, that's that's fine. It's going to happen. Um, so yeah, it it's, it it shows that, as I said, the spirit in this 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 team and in this squad is is exceptional, and they they will you know they'll just they'll go to the wall trying trying to get something out of it um they yeah they they just got a never say die attitude and you know long may that continue and it. it'll probably make that be the biggest biggest element of keeping us safe this year
2: yeah maybe so and i have to say actually on the pre-match podcast myself and laney have to apologize for not highlighting the fact that actually canos was going to be out that game for a yellow card and the reason why like i said to you listen games are coming thick and fast and we you know sunday monday weekend review we've been doing all these podcasts and you sort of put your head down a little bit pull away from the football a little bit and uh because the podcast actually was recorded a day earlier than we normally do as well we kind of all the information that we collate we just didn't quite get it so we just apologize for that so people are really confused they're thinking is he playing or is he not so doesn't worry about that but to be to be fair we um, don't say we didn't need Kenos, but we showed that we can play without the players that we need obviously we, we you know we've we, we got a result without Tony you know we've got a result without Aya. You know, we've got a result without Raya, we've got a result without Canos. So, you know, it's not only we don't give up, Laney, but it just goes to show you that those players are, are learning and they're getting stuck in and they're they're doing
3: what they have to do, isn't it? hundred percent, yeah, as I said, you know, they they are a credit to the club and and to the to the unit and you know it's uh <laughs> We're going to find out whether the Man United game is going to go ahead. I would have thought later on today, Um, but it's one of those. You know, that's why I mentioned the fact that we've 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 taken the. You know, Ivan Tony is You know, the one of the most. You know, he is one of the most important players that we have, and we've just we've just cracked on without him. So uh, you know, hopefully United are going to do exactly that. They're going to have to cobble a team together by hook or by crook and fulfil the fixture. I think it's it's only the only right thing to do. Um, we had a situation last year if you remember with Bristol city um you know where it was very contentious you know it was it was they didn't they obviously didn't want to play a fixture because they were they had injuries and it was you know with covid as well but you know united are a, are a big enough club and a big enough squad and they've got enough strength and depth to to, to field a team so um hopefully it's game on tuesday night bill
2: Yeah, fingers crossed. Like I said to you, if you're listening to this podcast, hopefully we're going to time it right that the game will be on. We've actually held back recording this podcast, trying to get some news as to whether or not the game is going to be on and off. We're still recording it now and the game is on at the moment now. So like I said to you, we're going to hold off until we as much as possible. Uh, But hopefully unless they call it off at the last minute or the last day within six hours or 12 hours of the game you know this podcast will mean that the game is on which is all good but anyway we've talked about Watford from our perspective the fans perspective also we're going to go to our statistical genius his name is Will Alsop otherwise known as the spreadsheet winker and down to the Nottingham Forest fans who weren't happy with us using figures to actually work out what the hell we're doing because we haven't got that much money uh we didn't have as much money as them anyway so anyway Will the spreadsheet winker is going to have us all we need to know about Watford <laughs>
0: Spreadsheet w-
1: Winker, he's a winker. winker, and it does seem good pretty, pretty well, Spreadsheet Winker, w- winker. a w- winker, and he's
5: always his So, what do we need to know about the Watford game then? This was a really excellent performance from the bees, in my opinion. Despite needing until the last ten minutes to score, we kept it incredibly tight at the back throughout the match, only conceding one chance above fifteen percent all game. However, affording a fifteen percent chance from a corner, which ended up being a goal again was frustrating. Although it was a difficult chance to score by XG, Premier League strikers who are unmarked are skilled enough to make those ones count more often than we can afford to be scored against. So still really frustrating. From an offensive perspective, we have plenty of small list chances in the Watford box before Janssen's goal, a 48% chance for a header meaning it was as much of a sitter as a header can actually be. That's his first goal from 2.29 XG this year, nearly three times the amount of XG that Johan Wisser has managed for his two goals, so it really was about time he scored. And Brian and Bermo's penalty was his third goal this season from just over 5XG, meaning he still got a few more goals before breaking even with the chances that he's had. So there you go, Will Alsop, the spreadsheet, Winker.
2: And uh, it's interesting because he, listen, we looked at the game and we were all going, oh, that's a bit, oh, that's a bit, oh, isn't it? Oh, that game was, oh... But, you know, from his point of view, looking at the figures, he just said, look, i will not be funny. Defence was good. Didn't, didn't give them very much. Attack was clinical and it was good. You know, we scored the goals. OK, the goal was scored late on. We could have scored some a bit earlier on. Job done. You know, very, very professional performance by the B. So I suppose you can look at it two ways as to whether or not it is a pleasing on the eye performance or whether or not it's a job done performance. And I think the, the thing that we can say on the Watford game was it was job done. You know, there wasn't really any stage other than the goal that they got, which was like, well, how the hell did that happen? But after that, there wasn't really any stage that you thought, tell you something, we're going to get done here. They're going to score another goal. You know, we're, 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 we're being outclassed here, like like we did against Burnley, like we did against Norwich, even against Newcastle at times. You thought, you know, this is, this, is, this is heart and mouth type stuff. Was it, Laney?
0: No,
3: no, I was dis- really disappointed with Watford. Um they you know they were, they were gifted a goal by our our defense or you know our static um you know zonal marking system they they they, they seemed to have unlocked that and um, uh and they they just tried to shut up shop I think. Um and it and they knew they knew what was going to come um, and come it did and it it you know I, as I said post match I, I when we equalized I probably would have Press the stop button there and taking the point, but you know to, to go on and get the three was was just incredible. Um, and that's that's what Thomas Frank does to them. You know they'll they'll. We could have lost that trying to win it in in, in the last couple of minutes. That get you know that that might happen to us later on in the season as well, where we had the point in the bag and we still go for the win. And I'm sure that will be chucked up. But you know, it, it, taking the gamble is 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 what is going to hopefully uh, get us over that sort of safety line. We have, we have to take points when when they're there um, and uh, yeah I, I just it, as I said it, it made for one of the most memorable nights um, I, I can remember at the new place for sure I've got to ask a question um, Laney <laughs>
2: we've played nearly every team this season so far and the teams that we don't have to play probably Southampton may be the one that's going to be in and around the, you know, in the in the bottom half of the table OK, because, you know, we've got obviously Man United we've got, you know, Man City, we've got Brighton you know, they're all doing well, you know and then I think up to that time then we'd have played everybody now I'm going to ask you, OK let's take ourselves out of this one because it's not fair, I don't think but other than us, three worst sides, question mark? Um, looking at what you've seen so far? Because, you know, I think things have changed as we start to play uh, certain teams out there. And, you know, what do you think are the three worst teams taking Brentford out of the loop? Because I think it's, you know, it's not fair to put us in that loop because let's just eliminate ourselves out of 19 teams, three
3: worst. Well, you know, it's difficult for us to say that because, you know, we've played Norwich and and Burnley and, and Newcastle who, when they played us, they looked all right. But obviously they're not. You know, Newcastle got got, got done four nil yesterday. Uh, Norwich now are back into that. Can't can't buy a win, can't buy a point. Um, and then Burnley, um, although they've got a game in hand, uh, they are losing every week again. So they did draw um, on,
2: draw at the weekend, though, didn't they? Nil all.
3: Yeah, but they just did not they're not getting you know they're not getting maximum points. They've, they've not read really, they've not kicked on uh, since they beat us. Well, they're on ten. They're on ten. They're on ten points now, um, and they're ten points behind us. And it's that's a, that's a long, that's a long catch up. But, but I'll ask a question, Lainey. So, do you think that they were they were there for the Brentford? Yeah, they were. They were. They were. They. Uh, we allow teams to play, and you know that's 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 kind of like the, the negative side of the where we play. We're open. We're honest. We we you know when we, if we get a lead, then sometimes we try and protect it, and that's like any team would do that. Um, you know Leeds again they're another team that just they just they just lose they lose and lose and draw all the time um, they're, they're not winning games um, and we won we won two of our last three um, or of our, yeah the last four uh, and that's that's again it, it doesn't matter how you get them sometimes it's just the fact that you are getting them and other teams are, are really struggling to do that so yeah I mean worst it's, it's difficult to say because as I said, on, on 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 the days that we played and they've looked decent but week in, week out, they are clearly worse than us.
2: So so I am gonna say so three worse sides, just just in your opinion, other than us, just take us out well, of the loop?
3: N- Norwich, Leeds and uh Burnley. <laughs> it's interesting you throw Leeds brilliant in there. So I've got to say,
2: lady so if anything is possible. I'm going to ask you the question: Would you have taken a win at Leeds, where they didn't equalise in the last minute, or would you have taken a last-minute winner against Watford? And you can only take one of the two.
3: No, I'll take the winner against Watford. It's it's you know, I, I, it's it's fine. I'm not going to overthink that. We got a point at Elland Road, which is still cracking. You know, we'll, we'll we'll forget the circumstances. A point was fine, and then three. Um, but it was important. But, we but
2: it's important. No, but but, but, it but Laney, but the argument I'm just saying to you is that you could have got a point against Watford. And no, no, three I get it.
3: No, I, I understand the question. It's said I, it's Watford. What the win at against Watford, surrounded by more Brentford, and having the Friday night. I, I thought was, was was bigger than uh, than Ellen Road. OK,
2: OK, just quickly, just to go back to that Watford game, you know, the about Brentford, you know, where we were good at. We stole the ball from Watford uh, quite a lot. OK, we created goal scoring opportunities from the flanks. We were effective at creating goal scoring opportunities from set pieces as well. And we were strong at finishing where we let ourselves down. So we were aggressive. Uh, we dominated possession and we crossed the ball a lot. You know, as for Watford, they stole the ball from us a lot as well, and they created opportunities through individual skill. because we said, you know, they've got good players. You know, they created uh, opportunities from set pieces, but they gave the ball away a lot, which the Watford fans were really unhappy about. My mate CJ was actually in the in the south stand. He told me I didn't even know into the game, and he was in the south stand, and then he sort of showed me some photographs that he took there. He said to me yesterday. And he just said to me, God, you know, a nightmare, mate. You know, we just keep giving the ball away. We're not, we're not going to go anywhere if we keep giving the ball away. And I said, I didn't realise you're sitting in the South Stand. You're in the posh seats. I said, uh, I bet you enjoyed it after the game. I said to him, I said, you know, with all the dance, were you up there dancing as well, CJ? Because I certainly wasn't, like, you know, so I think he was uh, very unhappy that he got tickets in the South Stand after the last minute winner from us. And he's sitting there on his hands while all the Brentford fans are jumping on his head. Um, and they also give away a lot of free kicks around the box as well. So that's kind of where it was at for the game there itself so um look we got the result we're very happy with the results um we're going to go over to jb who's going to be talking about all sorts of facts and he's going to be talking about a bit of funk as well so listen let's go over to jb and let's talk about some facts and some funk are you ready for this i told you for coming who
0: jb and he's ready to talk it to you one day.
4: Jonathan Birchall here again. Against Watford we went into the record book as the first side in Premier League history to see our first ten home goals all scored by different players. Quite a contrast from last season when Ivan Tony had scored six of our first ten. It was also our first in Brentford's league history beating the first nine scored by nine different players at the start of the third tier season of 1979-80 when John Fraser, Dave Carlton, Billy Holmes, Danny Salmon who was born in Cyprus Jim McNichol, Steve Phillips, Pat Cruz, Lee Holmes, and Dean Smith shared the goals. On his 80th appearance, Pontus finally found the back of the net. And they've had captains score league goals away from home. The last skipper to score, then at Griffin Park, was John Egan against Nottingham Forest in August 2017. We haven't seen a Manchester United fixture since 1975. And then it was as underdogs as the fourth tier visitors to top tier Old Trafford in the League Cup second round. The United team that day included future Bees manager Steve Koppel and Stuart Houston, who had become our record outward transfer when we received £55,000 for him 20 months earlier. A record fee that would stand for nearly six years.
2: So there you go, JB with his facts and his fun. No UKG this week because well, actually there could be a bit of UKG because he did do a reference to Cyprus again. Dennis Salman, our Cypriot right back as well back in the day, and he's still he's still at Plymouth actually. Dennis Salman, um, yeah, yeah, big big in the game as he was back in the day. So uh, and as you know, we're big in Cyprus. I don't know. Cyprus, yeah, that's I right. Napa. That's right. <laughs> so uh, we haven't got that track sorted. It's a Brentford thing as yet. We'll we'll talk to our UKG buddies, you know, over the Christmas time, see what we can do, but. Anyway, you talked about Dennis Salman. You talked about Cyprus. We're big in Cyprus. We'll check out the charts maybe uh, for the next game to find out you know where we are big at the next game because I quite enjoyed doing that. It's quite good fun. But well, you're, um, you're,
3: still in, you're still in contact with the old sunship. Oh, yeah, story. Kerry
2: Sunship. Well, he lives right beside the ground, actually. Yeah. Literally right beside the turnstile. So I mean, he might be able to do it for a laugh. You know, Sunship. If you don't know him, he's a big UKG producer. He did Flowers, and he did you know Check One Two, and he did loads of other stuff as well. Did loads of stuff with me for, with Craig David and Mystique as well. Produced their first and second single and half the tracks on the album as well. Good bloke. But he lives literally on Braemar Road, right beside the ground. So if you go there, you probably hear his studio pumping out with we UKG. We've G. had some
3: good. We've had some good days with him, haven't we? He's a lovely bloke. He yeah, yeah, we have to as well. And he
2: did some stuff with Steve's, DJ Steve's, as well, and the the Corrupt FM crew as well, because I suggested that they should actually go together and do some bits and pieces, because there's a Brentford link there, even though he's, he's in and out of the Bees. I won't say what team he used to sport when he was a kid, but you know, he still has a feeling and a love for the Bees. But we're going a bit left field here. But also, JB talked about playing Man United in 1975 when we were in the lowest tier. And they were in the, I think they were in the upper tier at the time. They beat us at the time. So that's the only link that we've got to the game that we've got coming on Saturday where we're going to go away, have another cup of tea. We're going to come back and we're going to talk Man United. So Tuesday night under the lights again. It's going to be on TV. I can't remember which TV it's on. I get confused. Is it Amazon? Is it Sky? It's probably going to be Sky because Sky like a Men United no, game. No, it's not on Sky. It's not on no, Sky. It's not on Sky. It's not anywhere. It's just not. No, no TV. No, it's got to be. Yeah, no, it's on TV. Yeah. I don't know,
3: just, don't know which one. Which one. one. Well, I'll be there it's when, you, when you when you go into the game. It's it's just not as important.
2: No, that's true. Actually, no, it's not important. We're
3: not. We're not. We're not the TV Times, Bill.
2: <laughs> but we like to inform our fans who are listening on this podcast where they can actually get hold of it, anyway. So, like I said to you, international fans, we yeah, you look, it's in? on. T-
3: it's on TV. Yeah, there you go.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, you're going to catch us on TV, like I said, and you've got Manchester United coming down. Which, for me, actually, I'm very happy about this. And the reason why is that, listen, lady we sit there and we could we've told this story a million times, but I remember, you know, we're sitting there in Division Four and we for the for the first, you know, every once every three years or once every four years, we finally get through to the third round of the FA Cup which were well, if you're in that division that is like the, that that is the, the the crux that is the biggest moment of your life you know what I'm saying the fact that you've managed to beat a team in the first round you've beaten somebody like you know like scunthorpe in the first round and then you get a tricky tie away to stockport in the second round and you go to stockport and you go up there and then you beat them you're delighted you you're all excited thinking yeah I can't wait for the draw and then you come to the draw and the draw there's two games that I've always wanted over oh, 40 years Right and supporting the bees. There's two only two games that I ever wanted. There were um Manchester United, home and away, probably away actually as I wanted, and also Arsenal. Those are the two teams because we just never played them. We, we we ended up playing Tottenham, we played Everton, we played Liverpool, we played all these other teams, but Man United we never got so we were desperate to get Manchester United and it never ever happened and still we've never played them in the cup and so this is the first time that Manchester United actually managed to come down to our ground I'm a little bit gutted because I would have loved Man United to come down to old Griffin Park because I think they would have gone in the dressing rooms and gone Jesus Christ what's going on here like you know and I think we'd have had a proper right advantage it would have been really tight and I don't know there like that but it didn't happen but they're I'm coming s- down on Saturday, and uh, no, they come down on Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, they come on Saturday, Tuesday, Tuesday, Saturday. Listen, I'm all over the place. What day is it today? <laughs> uh, they're coming down on Tuesday, and uh, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it. As we said, if you're listening to this podcast now, uh, we presume the game is on because we're, we're holding off as much as we can do. Manchester
3: United at New Griffin Park. How's that for you, Laney? Mate, I am so excited. Right, w- right there in front of me. I'm going to be stood there, looking down on that pitch, and right in front of me is going to be one of the best players the world has ever seen, Phil Jones. He's going to be right there, mate. Yes. No, I'm sorry, <laughs> Ronaldo, sorry, Cristiano Ronaldo. Sorry, mate. Bit, oh, bit confused. Um, yeah, right there in front of me. Well, you know, it's, it's when when he was. I don't think it was not one Brentford fan that didn't say the minute he signed for Man United he's coming to Brentford. That was, yeah. it was, you know, in the same way that we're going to get, you know, Man City coming down as well in, 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 in not so long's time. Uh, we're going to have all of that played out in front of us. And yeah, it, that th- these are the pinch yourself bits. Yeah. We're not going to get, we're not going to get too, uh, dreamy, and just kind of go. You know, it, it, we have to go out there and, and play, play them at football, and try and win. But it, it's an incredible fixture, and, and you know we're, we're, we're so fortunate to to have got promoted and um, be playing them as equals.
2: I'm going to say this and again this is with all due respect I'm not disrespecting Manchester City but Manchester City doesn't have the same vibe for me I have to admit you know okay we've played them quite a few times we beat them in the FA Cup 3-1 in 1989 the time we got to the quarterfinals we played Liverpool in the quarterfinal but it's not only that it's just I don't know I don't know whether or not it's just because you know I know Manchester United have got a lot of money and you know they buy players for like 80 million pounds and pay them about 3 billion pounds a week and all that but putting that aside Just the Manchester City kind of just like, you know... I've got to Just it's almost like listen. Of course, you, it's like the Monopoly game, as I say to you, where you've you're, you've got the Monopoly board and you just basically can buy all the houses and the hotels and everything like that because you've got all the money and you can just do it all. Of course, and of course you're going to win because you know, if you're going to buy the whole Monopoly board, then of course you're not not going to win, are you? Like you know. So um, this is not a bitter thing, but I'm just sort of thinking it's like for Manchester City, you sort of think it's almost like there's slightly no contest with them because they've just got literally they could just pay as much as they want to and buy as many player that they want to because it's like it seems endless the, the amount of money that they got so it, it just doesn't seem as much fun like you know and that's probably my sort of kind of second division lower league kind of thinking where everything should be on equal parity and give everybody a thousand pounds and let them see what they can do with that type vibe which where I'm which I'd love for us to do but you know it's never going to happen in the football game but Manchester United is different because they just from what they've done in history and bringing up their players through the youth team you know you know you're you know, Beckham's and all that kind of stuff. And just, you know, just adding to the England squad. Obviously, I go to a lot of England games. You know, it's it's just slightly different for me. So, yeah, but, you know, but it is. But yes, you're saying that, you know, Ronaldo on the pitch, you know, Pogba, you know, he's going to be out there, you know, but they've got they've got all sorts of, you know, they've got all sorts of players like, you know, Fernandes, Greenwood, you know, Scott McTomb as well. Even Fred, who's picked up his game as of late, like, you know. So listen, I'm just going to say that I'm very that they're coming down it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see what you know Man United fans are like because I've never actually ever been to a Manchester United game I've been but to Manchester United plenty of time you know for, uh, for England games you know, but I've never actually been to a Manchester... Yes, I have. I'll tell you a lie actually, but I'm not going to say who... I, dare I went to one Man United game, actually, back in the day. Um, you know, uh, I was in the away end, and I went to a Man United game. So I've only been once, but I've never really mixed and seen what United fans are like. So it'll be interesting to see when they come down, you know, what they're like, what the vibe is and everything like that. You know, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But look, you know, we're talking a lot about Man United, a lot of expectation, a lot of kind of well, I've got, I've got some.
3: I've got some Man United friends coming down. I've just produced a book. Um, the big Manchester United book of the seventies, which is is out, uh, was out for the last. Well, it's been out about a month or so. So um, the the authors um, for that, Carl Abbott and Roy Cavanagh, they're going to hopefully be coming down for that match. So I'll be seeing them before right. f- before the match. Coming down so the globe for a few drinks. Um, yeah, I've told them. I've told them they're more than welcome. And you know, they're they're another bunch that seem to be um, not used to having the the, the hand of friendship. Extended and saying like you're welcome down the pub. They're not. They're not used to that. So uh, you know it's the same with all Man United fans that are listening to this. You know you're gonna you're gonna find uh that. Brentford's a, a very different away day for you. So yeah. uh, enjoy
2: it. Yeah, you can, any any pub, no colours. You can, sorry, you can wear your colours and there's no bounce on the door. You know, just as we say, manners, just have manners, just come down there, buy a drink, have a drink, have a chat. You know, it's cool. Go after the game. You know, whoever wins, wins at the end of the day. But like I said, you also check out Ian Westbrook. He has a pub guide in the pre match preview, which is going to come out probably Tuesday morning. You know, it might even come out today on a Monday as well. You know, so check it out as well. It's got all the pubs. It's about twenty odd pub, twenty plus pubs in the Brentford area that you can go to as well. So you Men United fans, just go down there, just listen, just enjoy yourself, man. It's it's cool. Liverpool fans and the and the Arsenal fans, and everyone like that. They were really confused when they came down. They were all trying to hide their colours and everything like that, and trying to sneak in through the back door. And we're like, what are you doing? Just walk in and just just enjoy, enjoy, enjoy your afternoon like a normal person because that's just what we do, like you know. So which is all good. But anyway, yeah. So like I said, you fans are coming down, but uh, which is. all all good, but uh listen, we're gonna go over to Andy Andy Mitten from United to We Stand podcast. And uh hold a second. But anyway, listen, yeah, talking about Manchester United fans coming down and Manchester United fans giving us a view on United, we're gonna go over to Andy Mitten. He's from the United We Stand blog podcast everything like you know they actually like they're they're the dons on manchester united been going since 1989 so they've been going pff, a year
3: a year <laughs> a year more than we have like you know so proper proper, proper fanzine, proper, yeah, fanzine yeah.
2: proper fanzine as well like you know so it's really good to have him on board really good to have the opportunity to chat to him so listen this is what andy has got to say about man united
1: Hello Brentford, hello Besotted, I'm Andy Mitton and I edit the Manchester United fanzine United We Stand, I've done that since uh, 1989 and I first visited Griffin Park about 10 years later to see uh, a game which was nothing to do with Manchester United and I started this season at St George's Park uh, with Real Betis, the Spanish team and also staying in the hotel at St George's Park with Brentford and that was following a pre-season friendly at Old Trafford. So we're looking forward to the first ever game at your new ground. Maybe I shouldn't say this, but after Man United played at Watford a couple of years ago, I stayed near Brentford and I walked past the new ground on the way back to my hotel. And being a bit of a football ground geek, I went to take some pictures and got asked by security what I was doing and told to uh, clear off. So I've been to your ground, just not seen a game there yet. So Manchester United now, well, quite low-profile club, aren't they? You probably know what's don't know what's been going on, but there has been some uh, news stories and, well, several changes of manager. How's the season been so far? I think if you're asking me now, it's been disappointing. Look at the league table. This was a season when Manchester United was supposed to properly challenge for the title, something that the team have not done since 2013 with that last title win, the 20th title win under Sir Alex Ferguson. United finished second a couple of times but even then under Jose Mourinho and Oli Gunnar short last season we're never in a proper title race. So things have picked up in the last few weeks since the 4-1 defeat at Watford. United have won four and drawn two, qualified out of a Champions League group as well. So things have picked up and that's after Oli was sacked. Michael Carrick took over for three games, did very well, and then he decided to call it a day two. And Ralph Rangnick has taken over. and He's had a pretty decent start, winning a couple of games 1-0 and drawing in a dead rubber against young boys. Holly was a big Man United hero, you say. How hard was it to see him go? Yeah, he was a hero, but it's in football management and it's about results. He's a good guy. I knew him from when he first came to the club in 1996. He was a good person to deal with, obviously made his mark as a player, but management is different. That was sad because um, I, think, I think he was making progress up until that last couple of months when results nose die He was doing all right. Second place last season was not a position. Manchester United fans thought the team would finish last season. And then getting to that Europa League final, now losing that on penalties was a big blow, and, and I interviewed him immediately after that. And I could see he was was flawed, just looked in his eyes. That was in Gdansk in May. And then this season started with three new big signings. Cristiano Ronaldo, you might have heard of him. He's from uh, Portugal and he plays football for a living. Uh, Rafael Varand from Real Madrid and Jaden Sancho uh, in a transfer which went under the radar. He came from Borussia Dortmund. You may have read about it a little bit. Uh, When they came in, people thought United will get even better were properly challenged so when that didn't happen um, the disgruntlement grew and grew now with man united's fan base it's, it's a global one so you've got very interesting differences in the demographic and what you'll often find is the mood inside the stadium is very different to what it's like online and online people are never happy winning 5-0 are like why is it not 6-0 and it's really weird for us to see that there's nothing we can do about that but towards the end of Solskjaer I felt the fans inside the ground were slipping. I said after a game against Everton uh, on the 2nd of October, Ollie's losing the moderates now. He's, he's starting to lose proper support. And that was after a draw at Old Trafford. Defeats followed. Heavy defeat at home to Liverpool. Outclassed at home to Manchester City. So they your two biggest rivals. And then that hammering at Watford as well. So been really, really disappointing. And I've kept in touch with him since he's left, I think he appreciates the fans are still singing his name for every single game and just a shame that it couldn't work out for him. Ralph Rangnick is now in charge, I'm pretty pleased about his appointment, I follow quite a lot of European football so he'd been on my radar for a while, I didn't know too much about him, certainly not in comparison with some of the other candidates who I knew what about them very, very well. I'd interviewed them um, face-to-face, my job as a football journalist. But with Rangnick, when you have people like Thomas Tuchel or Jurgen Klopp coming out and being so glowing, uh, then you've got to listen to them because they know the ship and he clearly does. So far, I think he's come across very well in the media. Uh, His English is flawless. He's a bit of an Anglophile. He lived close to Brighton in the late 70s and he's a proper football geek and he speaks really well. He speaks with authority. And I think United fans were tiring a bit of Solskjaer in the end. He was becoming quite bland, a bit obvious when he was doing his press conferences. I asked him a question a week before he went and it gave him ample opportunity to reply in depth and just got to talk about DNA, what this club means. And he'd lost the room, unfortunately. And Ralph Nick has come in. And at first you had some Man United fans saying, who is this guy? But then, as a lot of articles were written about him and there was a lot of media coverage, people started to think this might not be bad. So he's only in as an interim. He's only in until the end of the season, but this is football. If he's doing really well, then who knows what will happen? So it's all about results. If he's two or three months in and Manchester United are winning all the time, he can do what he wants, he'll have a lot of power. If they're not, He'll be seen as being a blagger. He hasn't coached for two and a half years and he's not fit to continue as manager. So he's had a decent enough start. The main thing is the team have stopped conceding goals. The team were leaking far too many goals. So he's had a couple of clean sheets. The most recent at Norwich on Saturday was not a convincing performance at all, but it was a win. It was three points and Manchester United need that. With Ronaldo, uh, I was excited when he came back. I still think he's got it. I watched him closely in Spain. I watched him in Italy. His statistics were still incredible. I know the club were especially excited from the commercial perspective, and you hear some of the figures, and it's just so off the scale. You've got this whole new demographic of people who are Cristiano Ronaldo fans. So I was walking up to the ground in Bergamo for the Atalanta-Manchester United game a month back, and I met two people from Milan. In the early 20s, male, female, and they describe themselves as Cristiano Ronaldo fans. I'm like, what? What? Yeah, we love Ronaldo. But you're from Milan, you're from a brilliant football city. Yeah, we're Inter as well, but um, we're Ronaldo fans first and foremost. I'm like, this is just so weird to me. But the world is changing. And if they want to buy a ticket to see Cristiano Ronaldo, and uh, he he played really well in that game, then who am I to say whether that's right or wrong? He's been scoring. Um, he's, He's... he gets the key goals. He makes the assists. There's times where he does very little in a match, like at Norwich on Saturday, but then he smashes a penalty in. So there's no real case for, for dropping him. And with his... Uh, you know, he's 36, but he's he's a freakish 36. He still jumps higher than any footballer I've ever seen. And he's he's holding he's, he's his place. There are other players I'm more concerned about rather than... Cristiano Ronaldo so with the Brentford game pre-season I thought it was a great game I wasn't surprised I wasn't thinking oh here's little little Brentford I was thinking this is a club who've really done well on and off the pitch and I mean I'm talking to people who know far more about it than I I do but for me Brentford for years were a team who got four five six seven thousand you could pass the ground when you're on your way back out of London Uh, I went to Griffin Park, as I said, I liked it, I respected the club. Um, And then you saw the rise and the well-documented reasons for that rise. I like the ground. I like that it's not been built miles out. I like it that it seems to be very central, that they've made a lot of um, use of what seems to be a small space to me. I'm already thinking, can it be expanded? And I don't know the answer to that. We've got another Premier League team now. In London, but I think Brentford has been really, really refreshing. And I think a, a lot of people are predisposed to have a lot of goodwill towards Brentford this season, your first season back up. And this isn't plucky little Brentford, this is a team that's done things and a club that's done things in a really professional way and come up out of the championship against much bigger clubs without having the advantage of the, the parachute payments. So well done, well done all round. Uh, I know that there is injuries at the moment. I obviously want Manchester United to win on on Tuesday night. I feel that Brentford will be better than Norwich on Saturday, and Norwich held Manchester United for long times in the game. I'll be disappointed if Manchester United do not win at Brentford. I just will be. I think if you're Manchester United, you've you've got to be getting a result against a, a mid-table team, and I'd say the same at Old Trafford but that's not to detract from my my respect that I have for you and for the Brentford fans who've followed the team for years but it's been brilliant just to rise and come up and see your team playing in the Premier League and I'm interested in questions like were there any growing pains are you looking at the person next to you thinking where were you two years ago Uh, I don't know the answer to that but that sort of thing intrigues me you're selling out every week your average crowds are going up um, it seems that there was a big consultation with the fans as the stadium was being built, so I like that, but this is an area you know far about, more about than, than I do. Prediction for the game, Ooh, really hard that, because we're not that good, we're not that good at all, so I'm going to go for the bees. one. Manchester United, 2 Be been nice talking to you, what I'd say about Besotted, is It's my first time speaking to you, but it's a fanzine name I've known for years and years and years. And I think that's fantastic. And that's the reason I've done this, because you can imagine with Man United, there's no shortage of podcasts. And I could actually spend my life doing podcasts for free. Unfortunately, I can't go to the bank manager and say I can't pay the mortgage this month, but I've been on loads of podcasts. So I do respect the old school fanzines and Besotted was definitely one of them. So I doffed my hat. Doff my cap to the old school Brentford fans, and looking forward to the game. And then back at Old Trafford, and hope to see you in West London soon. All the best.
2: So there you go, Andy Mitten from United. We stand. I'm sure that you can just look Google United Stand. You'll be able to get hold of them. You know Twitter. You know Facebook. I'm sure. You know online as well. Loads of information. Well respected old school fanzine, blog, podcast all the business as well you know and it's really good to have them on board and and the thing about it is what I'll say to you as well listen as you can tell we're football fans if you listen to this podcast all the time we talk about football what we play respect to other people yes we do take the piss as well like you know when it comes to Fulham yeah we give them a little bit of uh, a little bit of grief you know a little bit of a uh, little bit of a um, little, little bit better as it is but listen we're, we're cool with them you know so they're cool with us and we love it when we beat them you know and when they beat us they, they give it back to us that's how it works like you know and, uh, and and, and that 's how football goes because you love your team, you support your team, but at the end of the day, you know we talk about football we have respect and you know we want to know about united they want to know about us and I think you know Andy mitten. As he's gone there, he's shown a lot of respect for us as Brentford. You know, we're compared to Man United, we're a tiny team, but that doesn't matter because he respects the fact that we're football fans and we love our team. And after you know, don't want to bring this up and do the comparison, but it's very different to our friend from Leeds United from the Square Ball, who have probably not been going nearly as long as United. We stand, you know, but there's a difference in the respect and the manners that are shown out there because we're all football fans and listening. We can have a laugh, but also the manners needs to be done. So yeah, which is all good, isn't it, Lainey?
3: Yeah, yeah, lovely to lovely to here to hear from Andy. Um, as you said, one of the, one of the most respected uh, fanzines, going, still going, and uh, yeah, I, I wish. I, hopefully, he's coming down. Um, be good to have a beer with him, more or two. So yeah, um, I'm really looking forward to the match tomorrow. That's why it has to go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and,
2: to, and let's talk about this because we say it has to go ahead. We're presuming if you listen to this. Uh, you listen to this, the game is going ahead because like we said, we're recording it and then we're going to put it on tender hooks, put it on ice, you know, putting it on ice while, uh, while, while the decisions are being made. But I presume it's going ahead. But, you know, uh, we, we talked about it going, uh, has to go ahead because of the size of their squad, uh, Laney. I mean, let's just talk about that because, you know, Andy, he said, look, you know, he hasn't been happy with what's been happening over the years with United. You know, they've expected a title challenge this season and it kind of went south with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. He talked about, you know, his relationship with Ole. He's obviously, like I said to you, very similar to us, probably because they've come, he's come through the years and he's been there, seen it done. So he knows people at the club, quite similar to what we know people at the club and he could actually talk to them directly. You know, and he's been talking to Ole and he's got this thing where, you know, one minute, okay, of course he loves him, but the second minute is just like, but it hasn't quite been good enough. So, you know, you're kind of torn in that respect, and he's talked about how he's torn with the fact that you know ollie had to go but they need to move on but the main thing for me is that you know he talks in a different world to us he's just like we expect to win the title you know like us we all talk about we we expect to finish 17th if we're lucky you know what i'm saying isn't it laney
3: yeah yeah no he's it's, it's a huge gulf in expectations and you know and and, and history and, and let's, let's be honest you know we can give him. Grief, and we will do, and I'm sure we'll sing songs that you know are, are sound a, bit, are a bit cringy tomorrow. But you know, it, it, that's, it's part of getting behind your team on a, on a on a match day. But no no one can deny, you know, Man United are, are one of the well, one of, if not the greatest team in the world. You know, you know for, for what for what they've achieved and their history, and you know what they've sacrificed. in Munich, etc. Um, so uh, yeah, so, so well, or we'll welcome them down there. Um, I feel sorry for, as an outsider, I felt sorry for Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. He was a, he was a lovely guy, um, and he, the, the results that the new guys got the last couple of weeks, I'm not sure he wouldn't have got those either. So it's just uh, it's just the way it's just the way it is. Um, um, when you you know you say about Man United and Man City, I, I get where you're coming from, but you know, Man City uh, they they fill me with fear. You know, I'm I'm looking forward to tomorrow's game, thinking we could get something out of this. So there is there is a there is a gulf in in the players that are, are available. But you could say the same with Chelsea. You know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of money. It's not as if Man United haven't spent gazillions either. they have just not spent it as well. So um, it's uh, it's it's a game that, as I said, needs to go ahead. And it's a game that hopefully we can get something out of. Uh, and if we don't, it's a bit of a free hit because we 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 got what we got out of uh, Friday night
2: yeah indeed you know and you say it's a bit of a free hit I mean I'm see what I thought was really interesting because I, I do really as you know like listen I, I like talking to opposition fans we like having beers with them just talking about you know different situations the, the, the nice thing about being in the Premier League is that we've met a, a whole load of different set of fans that we have then then we've met you know down the years because you know we meet you know Borough fans and Preston fans and just come fans you know like, year in year out for the last 40 odd years but this is very very different so it's interesting to kind of hear their perspectives and then chatting to us as well and what I thought was quite interesting is how he sort of said that you know the fans in the stadium are very different than the fans online because they are a global brand so it's almost like you know he's kind of saying look look, we're quite happy about certain things whereas people online aren't happy and you know to me I thought that was interesting and also it kind of may take a little shift in kind of how your club changes as you become higher profile which is something that we might and we've already started to see at Brentford isn't it
3: yeah, it is, and I've I've noticed that with a lot of the big clubs, there's there's a lot of um, overseas supporters that get as um, aggy and vociferous and kind of cocky about the results in their team, um, and they've ne- probably never even been ever to a match. Um, so it, 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 you catapult it into a, a completely different level of exposure and and fandom where. Where there's obviously more United fans, and there's, it won't be long before there's more Brentford fans that don't go to games than do go to games, and they consider themselves every bit as much a fan as as the ones that do, and it's 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 really really difficult for us to get our heads around that at our at this moment in our evolution. You know, if we're here in this division for two, three, four five years or five decades however long it's going to be we've, we've been catapulted into a different echelons of, of, of how fans around the world see you and view you um, you know we've had a couple of Americans on didn't we um, last week where you know we're becoming match day is becoming part of their day where they get up and they probably put the shirt on and they get ready for the match and they, you know, they may never ever ever come to Brentford but the game is beginning to mean as much as, 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 as it is to us, and you know, you can belittle that, um, and you can say, you know, game's gone. Um, it's only the fans that go. But you know, it's it's that it's the ability to have grown, and we've got to do it with style. And you know, I think Brentford, uh, the DNA and the way we do things, will, will hopefully retain a lot of a lot of the core Brentford. Bits to the you know the reason we we all love us, um, and that, and that's that's the reason you know you mentioned Carragher, um, and Neville, they they they've witnessed it. They're, I would go as far as to say they're a little bit envious and of of what we've got. And they, they seeing them dancing around on Friday night is is their their moment to kind of share in it because there is so much positivity going on around our club. So yeah, it, as I said, it's it's, it's different um, and it's it's, it's 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 unusual, and uh, I'm I'm kind of enjoying it at the moment. There'll be times when it when it is not so much fun, but um, yeah, interesting times, Bill.
2: Interesting times indeed. So listen, we've
3: listen we've heard from Andy. You know, we've had
2: a little chat ourselves, but we're going to go over to Will Allsop, the spreadsheet winker, and he's going to do his statistical rundown on Manchester United. <laughs>
1: So
5: what do we need to know about Man United then? This game will be a story of whether or not Ronaldo scores. And so far in the Premier League he's scored 7 from 8.4 xG. He gets massive chances in the opposition box every match. Averaging 0.7 xG per game is absolutely superhuman return and is much, much higher than their second top scorer, Bruno Fernandes, who averages 0.18 xG per match. Despite being painted as struggling against Norwich on Saturday evening, they amassed 2.18 xG, with 1.47 of that being from Ronaldo in the final 15 minutes of the game. As a team average, their opponents create 1.71 xG in the average match, whereas United create 1.41, which puts them six places below Brentford in the Justice League. Much has been made of United's lack of pressing intensity, that this is definitely going to change under Ralph Rangnick. They've allowed an average of 13.88 passes in front of their defence before making a tackle this season. But this dropped to 7.57 against Norwich, much lower, and lower than the B's season average. They've lost four games this season when they've been out-pressed by their opponents, so if we can get at them and press high, we can certainly carve out opportunities to score. So there you go, Will, Alsop,
2: their spreadsheet, Winker. Man United... Now, you don't want to say it's a one-player team, but Ronaldo is, is I mean, the Will's just told us there, he's phenomenal. And it's kind of like, you know, if everything's going, tell you something, it kind of reminds me of like sometimes with us when we were struggling last season. And you said, give the ball to, you know, to Ben Rama. And all of a sudden Ben Rama, something out of the blue, and he just scores a wicked goal out of the blue. And I think, you know, it sounds like that with Manchester United, where... If something out the blue where Ronaldo needs to just you know he just does nothing for the game but all of a sudden it's bang and he just scores goals out the blue where he's not meant to score goal and it's it it makes such a difference if you've got a player like that in your side I know it's very very easy to say you know oh god if you've got a player like that then you're going to be great but the fact is that it's not because on the flip side of it is that that player if that player is the one that's creating more than they kind of should be you you, you know you put, you, you've got to throw question marks and around about your team and again I'm saying this not as a disrespect to Man United or putting them down I'm just saying these are some of the things I think that Andy was saying where he's saying we're not quite good enough we're not quite good enough at doing certain things so I think that you know Ralph Reganek is going to be coming in to try and change things to make sure that they're actually kind of like kind of like motoring in all the different areas so they're actually creating the chances that they should be creating and making the moves that should be creating because somebody like Ronaldo in their side if he's scoring when they're not doing these things, what's he going to be like when he's doing it? It's
3: going to be quite, it's quite worrying, isn't it, Laney? Yeah, it's really worrying. Um, I'm not going to belittle myself or embarrass myself and try and, I'm not, I'm not going to even slag him off, you know. So it's a masterclass, what, it, what, he, what he does in most games. Um, and hopefully, you know, it's, it, and it's going to be the highlight of a lot of Brentford players Careers that they're able to say that they they played against Cristiano Ronaldo, and it's not it's not it's, we're not making mugging ourselves off or pretending we're Mickey Mouse. You know, he's, he's he's probably one of the three or four best players the game has ever seen, and and he's and he's he's down at uh, he's in TW TW eight tomorrow, um, and it's 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 the stuff that you pinch yourself about, and I'm going to enjoy every minute of it. I hope we can keep him quiet. Um, but it's unlikely we will for, for 90 if he, if, he, if he starts so uh, yeah it's a, it's, a, it's a moment that I never thought I'd ever see so I can't wait to
2: see it yeah we've also got you know there's other players like I said coming down we've got Harry McQuire with his head's massive you know what I'm saying so do you, do you think his, his head's going to fit down the tunnel or do you think he might have to go around the outside and come onto the pitch Laney
3: um, I think it was a good job you're not at Griffin Park because there's no way his his head would fit through the tunnel back at the old place. <laughs> I think it's we've had it. Uh, part of the part of the, uh, the the planning permission was to have a Maguire width tunnel. <laughs> so uh, his head his head is fucking massive. But yeah. <laughs>
2: You've got, like I said to you, freds uh, he's upped his game since uh, Ralph's come in as well. So, you know, he's getting absolute dogs abuse from a lot of people out there and they're laughing. But the fact, you know, I'm not being funny, but these players are still, you know, good players. I'm sure that Fred would probably do a job in the Brentford team, you know. So, like I said to you, we can't, we can't look at people like that, you know. We can't look at players like that and put them down because they've got a great team. People like Marcus Rashford as well, you know, Greenwood in the side. You know, they've got, they've got a lot going on. I mean, just looking at Man United and, you know, where their strengths are they're very strong at creating chances using through balls okay they're very good at counter attacking as well and also creating long shot opportunities you know they attack down the left they like to keep hold of the ball with the positions short passes you know they attempt through balls very often as well and they control the ball in our half as well and they are aggressive as well you know but where their weaknesses are and this is where we can get them like you know counter-attacking so they don't like that at all they don't like set pieces at all as well well we got you know well so we probably all right with us unless we've managed to set up uh, sort out our set pieces you know and our, our set pieces have gone to pot a little bit you know and need to sort of kind of sort that out you know individual errors they caught a lot of individual errors and also defending attacks down the wings long shots creating chances from the op- opponents they're not great at stopping them from doing that and they're really weak at fouling in dangerous areas as well and avoiding offside so look you know we can get at them the thing is though things are changing because obviously with ralph coming in he's changed the man united side as uh the winker said you know they're already sort of better at pressing than they were against ollie you know so we need to kind of you know keep our game because that's you know, that's where we're really good you know so if we can keep the pressing game up and if they're still not quite used to it maybe we can get them there but it's going to be a tough game there's no shadow of a doubt even though if the game is on they are going to obviously have some players out which they would have <laughs> rather have played against us isn't it laney
3: yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's it could have been easier. We've had a we've had a we've had a lot of uh, new managers um to contend with and you know but let's see what happens with the covid uh, situation, you know, if 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 they have to cobble a team together it might weaken them a little bit more. I think they I think they should and they they have to fulfill the fixture just like we have fulfilled ours. Um, and uh, yeah uh, we, we we might be we might be fortunate in so much as that there may be um, weak, a weakened United team um, but you, that's the that's the role of the dice we'll see we'll see, we'll see what the uh, see it's all in the lap of the gods at the moment isn't it mate yeah it is and just coming
2: back to it, the Brentford team okay because obviously we've got Ivan Tony is going to be available it looks like for this game you know whether or not I don't know what symptoms he's had because we're not privy to that you know but Technically, he's available for this game, um, which is which is which is good news. I mean, obviously when um, um, Brian um Bumo came back from, uh, from from COVID, he I think he probably benched a little bit because he you know the symptoms that he had. He, it took him a few games to get back into it. But we don't know what the situation with is Ivan Tony. We've also got Canos back from his uh, yellow card um, suspension, so he's back as well. Um, I'm not sure who else is back, but you know, but that's where we're at the moment now. But we've also had a few players that have come in that played well. So I'm just wondering, Laney, what are you seeing? As the team for Tuesday night,
3: yeah, it will be interesting, Brian. Especially with um, with Tony, because you know we we have we've played slightly differently, haven't we? Haven't we without him? We, we we haven't hit it quite quite so long. Um, I think if we play that predictable long ball. Um, against you know what should be United's first team defence I think you know I think Maguire and that they they, they mop it up all day long the, the,
2: the stats are saying that you know, yeah. you know pieces and in the air they're not as good as maybe what you think they are is what they're saying well
3: you know I'd I, I, yeah, we'll, we'll see. You know, we'll see. We'll, we'll have to see. But I, you know, I I've preferred seeing us get the ball down and and do the the, the more intricate way of getting getting towards goal and, and it. And it's you know we we have scored. You know, uh, we've, we've got, we have scored by by, by you know both methods um, I, I, I just think the, the relying on that long ball to Ivan Tony is, is, is too predictable and, yeah. I, and I think I think the, the, the his, his enforced absence has allowed us to kind of get a bit more confidence in not having to rely on that the whole time combine the two yeah it's quite nice to, to not and I think it's what we did against Arsenal and that's why it worked Arsenal didn't know what the hell was coming next it might have been a punted long ball or it might have been an intricate sort of wing back overlap down the, down the, down the flank that that's where we need to get back to, where, where players, you know, and the opposition players, they don't know really what's going to come next to us. Too often, they know what's coming next, and it's a it's another another punt into or another long throw into the area. So yeah, it's good that we can we can sort of mix it up a little bit more. And if we can do that, if we can do that against Man United, we're causing big troubles. You know, we will create chances um, and. and hopefully arrested Ivan Tony if he hasn't got any lasting effects of, of, of testing positive then um, you know hopefully he, he'll be able to get back on the goal, goal scoring sheets again because he, he he started to score again and we, we need goals um, to do that though we've got to create chances and I, I, in that department I have no concerns whatsoever Goals is that goals at a half time and goals at full time
2: by any chance
3: Amy? No <laughs> <laughs> No.
2: <laughs> yes, OK, listen, I'm just going to ask you, I'm going to throw it into you as well, so um, up front, who you be having? Because obviously we had uh, uh, Bumo and Wisa on, on Friday night, but that's probably not going to be the combination, is it?
3: No, and Bumo and Tony, if they're both, both are fit, they're, they're our number one striker partnership, I thought, I thought Brian had an incredible game, um, and it showed that he can play um, at the top himself, so um, mix, mix and mix and mix and you know, they can, they can, they can um, Tony can drift out to on a wider position and boomer can go up top. It's, it's, any, anything is possible, Bill. Anything
2: is possible. In, in uh, midfield, I mean, we are going to presume Norgard is there who had a tremendous game on Friday night. So with Norgard there, um, who else are we looking at? We, you know, Who are we looking at the two, uh, two midfielders with him, do you think?
3: Well, you know, Yanel is, is 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 on fire, and I, and I you know, Jensen. I, 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 we need we need creativity, and you know. Um, I, I, I don't think he had a shocker um, I just I just, you know I, I thought Matthias Jensen is, is someone that we just need to keep going with and uh, you know he will come good Because it there, there,
2: there was Jensen and Baptiste we've obviously got Canos back in the frame as well at some stage you know what I'm saying you know and then we've got I don't know I'm, I'm presuming that, um, that, that, that that Ethan Pinnock is probably still going to be out with the Covid in, in the centre back which means that what is going to probably continue to play in that position you know, yeah,
3: again, who knows?
2: And then good. Well, I'm just saying. I'm just trying to predict the team here, and you know, and good as well. You know, in the defense as well. So it looks like we still looks like we still got Janssen, Good, and Yenel in the defense, uh, which is looking like. So you're 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 preferring. You're basically, you're saying pick the same team, up with Tony and the Boomer up front. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I, I, mean, I and Baptiste.
3: Yeah, I'd, I'd go that. I'd go that way. I mean, you know, Baptiste. I thought we had a, he had another another solid game for us. So yeah, I, 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 that's that's the way that Thomas normally goes, isn't he? He, he keeps things similar unless there's, there's a need to. But I mean, Tony comes straight back in. Yeah.
2: Okay, and 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 then if that's the case, then at uh, right wing back, Roslev or Kenos. Uh, uh, Roslev Okay, and so Kanos is on the bench. Yeah. Oh, Laney! There you go. The Thomas Frank Mark Two is Laney as well. Like right? you know, so I would put Canos back in, in place of Rosliff is what I would do. You know, against Manchester United. But then everyone does things differently, as they say. But you know, but like I said to you, it's uh, it's all good. The Yanolt situation is an interesting one because having to put him as, um, you know, obviously rather him further up the pitch. But you know, if he, he's on, he's on there. He did a great job uh, against Watford in the left fullback role. In a three, that is of course, left three, four back. And literally as we're recording this podcast, Rasmus Ankerson has just come back to me to tell me that he can guarantee that he's not going off to QPR or Fulham. He's got other things in the bag. So that's good to know. But anyway, listen, we've talked enough about this Manchester United game. We just need to, we're going to keep our fingers crossed. It's going to be on. So hopefully you listen listening to this. It will be on. This is the besotted Pride of West London podcast. Are you to going
3: know. to um, do a prediction, Bill? Oh, Yeah
2: i have got to do it for you. Tell you something. You know. Well, I've you just go. You go first. You go next no, You go first this week. So I'm going to. I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go two one to Brentford. Oh,
3: that's exactly. Exactly what I was going to say. Yes. Uh, in that case, I'll go one all all right
2: okay there you go so listen we're keeping it we're keeping it tight but we're still confident after what's going on uh, so yes so the results so like i said to you this is the besotted pride of west london podcast it is brought to you by anything is possible Media. thank you very much for listening like i said to you if you like what we do please subscribe to us you know on all good podcast channels. We're proud of West dot London as well. Also if you like what you do, you can buy us a beer. com forward slash beer. Just want to give a shout to Coxie as well. Steve Cox as well. Cracking job keeping it up. And he bought us a beer. Thank you, Coxie. We'll have that on Tuesday night as well. And also Ray Bailey as well. Love listening to the podcast every week on the way to the game from my home just past Salisbury as well. It fits the time nicely. So Ray, thank you for the beer. You know very much appreciate that as well. And everyone else who's bought us beers and supported us and tell us that they love the podcast. Thank you very much about that as well. What else have we got? Uh, we've got oh, we've got another podcast coming up in a day. You know, but this is I'm excited about this because we're actually going back into the pub. There've been so many podcasts recently we haven't been able to coordinate it, do it in our usual studio. But we're back at the pub, we've got it all sorted, we've got the booth sorted, we've insulated and heat and everything going on. We've got lots of beers and food. So I'm looking forward to meeting that and we're gonna be doing that in the pub as well. We've got a couple of podcasts in the pub. We're gonna be doing also our pre Christmas podcast in the pub with all load of the besotted regulars on the podcast. We're gonna be getting them down, your liberal Nicks, and you've got your alley, and we've got all the some of the newbies as well coming going down there. We've got Jimmy Mack, you know, it's gonna be great, a load of us, GP, people that you probably haven't heard from for quite a while. We're all gonna go down the pub, we're gonna have lots of beers, we're gonna talk about football and talk about what we love and hate about this year so far and we're going to give lots of christmas cheer because we need to be yeah, happy christmas you know happy christmas but other than that like i said to you i've very much enjoyed sitting down there and talking about it and having a laugh and just talking about the watford game and looking forward to the man united game and sitting there chatting to laney uh, laney in the house
3: yes yeah, see you mate i'll see you tomorrow hopefully
2: I shall see you <laughs> on Tuesday night, like I said to you. And everyone's looking for Man United and Ronaldo and Pogba and P- 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 Harry Maguire yes. and McHen-
3: and everything like that They're coming down. Enjoy the say. game. Come on, Come <laughs>